Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You would get that question so often, like, what do you like as an artist? I'm like, I don't know, I'm me. Like, yeah. And I think I didn't believe that that was enough at the time, so no one else believed it either. Mm. You know, mm. which is now I'm like, I'm me. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I say... It's the fire in my eyes, the flash of my teeth, the swing in my waist, the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. In 2012, at the age of 26, Tove Elsa Nilsson, known to the world as Tovlo, was about to become an internet sensation that would take her from aspiring artist hustling in small clubs in Stockholm to receiving a universal music record deal. Her hit song Habits climbed up the Billboard Hot 100 charts making it number three and would become one of her many songs that would top the list during the years to follow, alongside a handful of Grammys. Since then, she's toured the world, released four albums, played in arenas with thousands of people. She's become one of the world-leading artists that effortlessly promote the true and raw expression of self. With a voice and charisma as real and beautiful as her words, her artistry serves as a vehicle for expressing her inner world, reacting to the one she lives in. You may have seen her on stage freeing her nipples. You may have seen her golden pussy logo that she also tattooed on her arm. You may have seen her barefoot on stage with undone nails and wild hair. This girl is not only inspiring, but incarnating the idea that you can be whoever you want to be, as wild and free as that may look. And no one can say anything about the way you want to show this. Rolling Stones magazine has called her the saddest girl in Sweden. I would argue that because she knew how to embrace her sadness, she's become an expert in the joy of living. or Tuvalu, mm-hmm. as the world recognizes you. We literally know each other and go back since a lifetime. Yes. Yes. We uh, were born four months apart. And before that, we were hanging out in each other's, in each other's, in our mother's <laughs> bellies. <laughs> because our mothers were sisters and we Yay. got the golden ticket I because know. it's, yeah, it's a bliss. It's, it is a bliss. Having lived and grown up with you, I can clearly state that through our lives, you've, you especially have never stopped growing, never stopped questioning and always stayed really true and curious to the free and spirited child in you. Oh, I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's so actually hard to do. 
growing up, you realize it's really hard. The more mm. obligations you get. It makes me really happy that you say that because I think I really try to do that. Like, I think it's been a thing in my life to not wanting to feel stuck in something I can't change. I was obviously I would chase my dream. <laughs> that yeah. was like the number one thing, like keep chasing your dream. <laughs> and then the other part of that was probably me just traveling a lot, trying to sort of get out of a life that meant routines yeah. and um, security, which I don't think are bad things. It's just me personally to keep that inner child alive. That was like I had to disrupt things, I guess. Yeah. I think that goes back to watching like you as well and like seeing how you, despite where you've gone in your life, you've been able to change your journey. Yeah. And that's like really inspiring and cool. So there isn't really a place that you can't that you can't change. There's obviously more responsibilities and there's more, you know, if you have children or you've chosen a person to spend your life with or whatever you choose to do that are like the most common things that people yeah. do, there's still room for change or, you know, creating a new journey if there's something inside you that's telling you that you need that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, I think it's easy to lock down and be like, well, this is safe. This is what I'm supposed to do. So I'm going to do that. But if you feel that little thing fester inside of like, actually, though, what about, the, you know, like kind of, yeah, keeping the dream alive a little bit. Yeah. And we're mm. going to jump into that mm. because truly I want to focus today on your journey because it really is one that gives goosebumps. And, you know, I'm your cousin, so mm. I've seen it up close, but yeah. I still get goosebumps of where you've gotten to because not only did you really achieve your dreams, but you always push to elevate the essence of that dream. And within that, you always stay really true to who you are and you never compromised and whether it's been your family and your friends or your boyfriends, your managers, your label, you've been really solid with who you are. Oh, thank you. And um, I am who I am. Oh, you are who you are. <laughs> and it, it's, a, it's your power, you know. And I know that journey has, uh, it has been tough. Of course it's been, but it's surely never been boring. No, that's true. <laughs> I welcome the drama. Yeah. <laughs> and you've you've like nurtured that little thing inside of you that has asked you to be different. And today you can stand in front of all crowds and huge amount of people <laughs> and stand up for who you are. And in that sense, you become an inspiration. You know, there was a lot of, it's kind of funny when I do interviews sometimes, especially in, in Sweden, they tend to, like to bring up that I grew up, you know, in a well-off area in Sweden. And then mm. I all of a sudden I was signed to Max Martin's publishing deal. And mm. so kind of like you just, you know how in Sweden you say like, you just kind of flew in on a shrimp sandwich, which is kind <laughs> of a, <laughs> you know, which kind of means like, oh, you've always had the um, silver spoon or like, you know, yeah. you've just, things just happen to you. Mm. And I like, I'm not trying to sort of compare Yes, there was like, you know, there was safety uh, and love coming from my family. But there was many years after I went to like a music high school. And um, that was, you know, this amazing public school that I went to that kind of really made me realize that, oh, this is my calling to the fact when I got a publishing deal. Like that was there was many years in between. Like I had my first big song at 26. Yeah. So, you know, there's like eight years of me hustling and getting no's and doing cover shows and doing session singing. And like, you know, Sweden is a good place where you can freelance doing that stuff the way that our system is set up. 
Like you don't have to think about, oh, what if I get in an accident, then I won't have any money to pay for the accident. Like that is not a, a thought that I that I was thinking at least. But the main thing wasn't like trying to, you know, hustle to make money. The main thing was, you know, making music, going to meetings and having to sort of learn how to produce and make tracks myself because no one wanted to work with me. Mm. I would go into meetings and it would be, no, you don't have that thing that it takes. Um, I don't see what you could be doing. I don't like your voice. Like it was everything that was, it was just no, 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 no. For years before mm. anything, you know, kind of started to take off. You saw all those years. Mm. So you really know what it took mm. to kind of, and you know, obviously my parents were worried. So in the beginning they were a bit like, you know, should you really be doing this? But, you know, they would come to the shows with my obscure band and, you know, they would still be supportive even though they were so worried. Um, there was a lot of sort of, you know, is this really, like, clearly should have, it would have happened by now if it was meant for you. Like, oh. it's not, you know, and, and I get it. I just, I wasn't looking at the goals so far ahead. It was more like, yes, I booked another cover gig. Yes, I booked this. Oh, I have another meeting. Then go out, work out. Well, now I have another meeting. It was just every little step was like, a, this is another little movement towards yeah. the dream. Yeah. So does it annoy yeah. you when people would say that it was so easy for you? It did in the beginning because I was like, well, I'm not a real artist because I grew up with a safe home. Yeah. <laughs> like what's the, yeah. you know. Like you um, struggled in that identity. Yeah. Or just like it wasn't even that. I knew I was, but I just it just pissed me off because <laughs> I was like, okay, so you know my life now, you know. Yeah. Because um, I had other struggles, but I do recognize that growing up in a in like a safe home. Oh, I I, I would don't have to say safe home or like well off home or whatever. It's more about lo growing up with love in your home. I always felt loved, even when I argued with my parents. Like you know, I've always felt loved. That's a privilege that I welcome. That kind of makes you feel in your core that I do deserve love, you know. Yeah. And that I think is like a big thing. If you come from that, dealing with what I do is easier. Yeah. Was there a point where you were trying to kind of hide where you came from to show that you were a worthy artist of, of pain and sorrow kind of thing? I think, Well, only when I went to that music high school because mm. <laughs> they would give me so much shit from like coming <laughs> from there. And I get, you know, I get it, but it was like, It was. I was like, yeah, you know, I would say the suburb next to it to not be like, I'm not a brat, I swear. <laughs> um, so uh, that was kind of funny. But I mean, no one really cares as long as you're a good person. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When did you start to feel that there was something really different with where you came from and what you were expected to be? Probably around 10 or so where I started to feel... Uh, you know, I would just start to be, be interested in like grunge music as, and like more kind of a music that was a little bit darker and had sort of like a sadder message and, and sort of, um, and I think it was reflecting a little bit how I was feeling. I think I had like moments of sort of depression. I would see everyone around me smiling and mm -hmm. I wouldn't, and I would mimic it, but I wasn't feeling that. There was, I had a lot of like, sort of I'm realizing now kind of anxiety um as a kid and, and feeling like any moment that I could have a reason to be sad I'll be sad Aww. you know I don't know and I just remember I would create like when you're a little kid obviously you use your fantasy a lot to play or at least yeah. when we were little when there weren't any phones all the time I know. Like, <laughs> no but you know like we would build worlds in our imaginations yeah and I would do that like slightly longer than 
the other kids. Like I would, you know, be like, no, I'm not feeling well today. I'm going to play alone. And then I would be in my fantasy world. Yeah. Uh, I so, didn't know that. Yeah, I actually that. didn't. <laughs> no, but it was like, everyone looks the same and dresses the same here. And I, yeah. you know, I, you know, I started making my own clothes quite early. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember very fiercely when you were absolutely convinced you were a witch. Oh, right. Yeah. The witch face for me <laughs> yes. is when it all started, like, She's gonna she's yeah, gonna make her sums own stuff. Yeah. I think <laughs> sums sums up. Up. But I, I think there's that that period was maybe a time when I was feeling a bit of like I was just curious about something darker and like dark emotions mm. and maybe it was because I was feeling sad at times in a way that was kind of a bit more than you usually would. But then I also loved sort of the I don't know why, but I love the sort of attention that, you know, me and my two friends got from people who were like scared of us in school. And I was like, yeah, I'm a witch. I'll do voodoo on you. Like I was so it was it was a it was a weird time. Was there a notion? Was there a notion for you in high school where which like the cool like it was for you to provoke like the cool gang leader like high school vibe or did you, were you already set yeah. aside from that it was funny because i feel like it all happened quite a lot earlier like in middle school there was like i started to dress very differently and you know first we were witches and then it was more of just like a neon kind of grunge punk dress vibe I don't even know what it was yeah, it was weird cool. but I felt cool yeah I would wear some of that stuff today I mean yeah. look at what I'm wearing right now I could be <laughs> she's looking fab um no but I, and I feel like uh there was that feeling of I mean and those those girls are my friends today but it yeah. was definitely like a you know a standoff thing with like yeah. me and the weird girls and the like popular cute girls it was just like that kind of weird rivalry that happens sometimes, mm. you know, in school for no reason at all. It's like a pecking order situation. Yeah. And, and you know, I remember that my one thing that I thought was like, well, I'm unique. <laughs> you know, you like, already know I that am then. unique. I don't know. I was just like trying to sort of decide why, you know, because they're like, why do you look so weird? Like, what are you wearing? Like, and I would be like, I don't care what you say. I'm unique. Like, that was my kind of defense in my own head. Yeah. Um, but which is really mm. strong when you're a young teenager. Yeah. <laughs> you really just want to yeah. like, everyone kind of wants to be cool or like the cute girl. Yeah, and you want to fit in. Yeah. But I mean, then I kind of in the end, I mean, I wanted to also have friends. Like, mm. I wanted to be friends with them. So I would feel good when I would fit in as well. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, I would feel good the moments when I would be accepted and like, oh, okay, so then when I started this music high school that was just full of people that were very eccentric and had very different styles and vibes and it mm. was just like a heaven for me because mm. I was like well, here no one's questioning what I'm doing or wearing or saying I can just kind of yeah. be except for them being from a fancy area <laughs> yeah but it's funny you're bringing it to that because yeah. that's like in my way of structuring mm -hmm. it it's kind of like the way I have followed it that was your second point of rebellion because mm -hmm you know from the school you came from in high school everyone would choose the kind of educations that would bring mm -hmm. them to their parents idea of yeah. what success would look like yeah. and you were like no I'm gonna get into this music school and you got in it is Sweden's most prominent music school and yeah one of them there's like one two of them. Yeah. there's two mm -hmm. yeah and you literally got in on raw talent because you didn't have much experience no nothing <laughs> Yeah, I remember doing the music like a uh, theory test and I just drew a smiley at the front and said, haven't filled anything out. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. 
cocky yeah i know i just didn't i didn't know anything i'm like i don't know what a chord is i don't know how to do this like i had no idea but you got in on your singing i get in on my singing and i think also my grades because i did have pretty good grades um and yeah but just a singing test you know they ask you to sing a couple songs and you do like an improv thing and and then um you do like sing harmonies this like Mm. the teacher will sing like Mm. i i just i still remember I've never been more nervous in my life. Mm. That is still my most nervous at like 15 years old. That's incredible. Just like, oh, what's going to happen? Fast forward, you're standing <laughs> in front of thousands of yeah. people. But am I a little bit right in saying that, you know, you got in and the people around you, many of them had backgrounds, their parents were musicians. So suddenly mm-hmm. you were in a world where you were actually like, I want to fit in here. I just, I think mainly I just wanted to be as talented as them. Because yeah. I definitely, I mean, I practiced a lot. That's how I got good at singing mm. and, and performing but I wasn't very good when I started at least not compared to my peers in the school mm. and I remember the first six months I because we would the singers would have to do a lunch concert every week yeah and you would you would ask the other musicians the other students to play with you so you would pick a song and then you would ask whoever you wanted to play with you to do the performance with you and I couldn't tell what instruments were in a song. Like when I listen to it, I'm like, I guess there's drums, but what kind of drums? And I'm like, is there a keyboard? Is there a bass? Is there a guitar? Like I didn't know that stuff. Like I could, so I did the first like six months acoustic. And then my vocal teacher were like, okay, you need to stop. You have to ask for help then. Like ask someone like, what kind of stuff is in the song? (laughs) And I was so nervous. (laughs) Was it terrifying back then? Yeah. Oh, you wow. wanted to hide it. Well, I just it's like you said, like I felt like I didn't know as much. So you didn't want to feel stupid or like you were you weren't as talented and stuff. Yeah. So there's some embarrassing. I'm sure there's some footage somewhere of me doing those performances that are just terrible. Like, <laughs> you know, Caroline from Icona Pop, yeah. you know, we we yeah. we started we became friends um, mm. that first year and have been really close ever since. Mm. But, but she and I did our first performance together and. I remember it still. We both wore like really, really low cut jeans. And then the, the microphones were on the ground and we couldn't bend down to pick them up. And everyone would see our butt cracks. So we were just standing there like, what do we do? And then we had to like sort of lean to the side and like try and it was it was hilarious. I, I just I remember that we could they were filming already when that was happening. And there it's oh like footage of us just like trying to bend down. No, but but it took yeah, so I just had to look sort of like, okay, if you want to learn something, you need to stop being nervous and like just commit to this. You were then like bowing to the fact that you had to beat nervousness mm-hmm. through more practice and then you finished Rhythmus. People were starting to build bands, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. And you were like, was that like a teammate situation where you're like, who's going to create a band with you and who <laughs> yeah. am I going to be with? Was it like that or was it... Kind of like that. And, you know, I was just nervous because I did feel like, oh, who's going to who's gonna have a band with me? But then I was, <laughs> you know, lucky in that I'd met Christian. Yeah. We became friends and then obviously boyfriend, girlfriend. Um, mm. Like he was a little, he was a few years older and he was just like a very extremely talented musician. But basically he, he just took, I was, cause I was kind of starting to write songs, but I wasn't, I was kind of like, how do you do this? <laughs> you know, and I was playing piano a little bit 
But I was writing lyrics a lot, um, kind of switched over from journaling to lyrics. And yeah. I gave him some of my lyrics and he put like music to it, which was like, oh, whoa. And then we kind of recorded it. And so then all of a sudden it was like, oh, we should do more. And then we did like three or four songs. And it was like, should we start a band? It kind of happened very like organically. And mm. and we, I mean, we would play just all these shitty bars around Stockholm. A lot of like play and play shows where you would, mm. you as a band would buy tickets from the organizers and then sell them to your friends. And then you would like take that money and then um, like get an extra payment on top or something. But so it was barely... Spent you could have, yeah, you pretty earn. much you could have spent more than you Yeah, <laughs> It was pretty yeah. crazy, I know. Um, but I guess, yeah, and then I was just, you know, working. I was working at a bakery. I was working at Urban Outfitters, just, you know, having yeah. jobs and playing in this band. And we would rehearse like three, four times a week. And I I mean, I loved it. It was, it was like a lot of work and maybe not a ton of gratification. But for me to just be in a band was like the coolest thing in my life. Like yeah. I was so excited. Yeah. And like being able to sing. And, you know, I had all my like musician friends who were all very like impressed that I was able to sing this stuff. So that gave me some kind of validation that like. Yeah. But that was a time in my life when I was surrounded by mainly men because yeah. of the music that. It was math rock. Pretty, I would call it that, yeah. yeah. Matte rock, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know that. I don't know what to call the genre, really. Yeah. But it was just like a, a world that was mainly occupied by dudes, and yeah. you know, um, I would know how to set up the drum kit. I would, you know, we would, me and Christian would go to the rehearsal space and get all the gear and like drive it to the bar, set everything up, and like sound check for the band because they were all at work, and then you know, it would just be like. I was very involved in every step of it mm. to like dispute the sort of like, oh, singers never do anything, you know, the like sort of, I'm not a diva kind of thing. Now I'm a total diva and it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it is awesome. Is the stage ready for me? <laughs> um, no, but but I feel like I learned a lot, but I also had to like put on a little bit yeah. of like, you know, be a hard ass. And I think that goes for a lot of women who start out in very male-dominated mm. industries, mm. you know, that you have to sort of be a shark and, like, double down on their bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> if yeah. you're around, not all men, obviously, obviously, but in those moments where it's like, you can, you know, I've, I know this feeling, and I think maybe more men than want to admit it know that they do this, that they test you. Mm. There's one woman in the room, they, they you test her if she's on the same level. Like, can you be like us? Because mm. if you do, then you pass the test and then you're not a girl anymore. Then mm. you're part of the group. How did and that so, build you in your f like future? I feel like I was just kind of like, I mean, I learned it. And then after a while, you know, they also put their guard down. I'm like, oh, there is a decent human behind mm. that facade. Because mm. I think a lot of the time it's like intense masculinity is a bit of a facade. Hmm. Like to me, I'm thinking like femininity, masculinity is like, on a spectrum and like all people have it but it's more common that men maybe have more masculine sides and women have more feminine sides but it's definitely a spectrum and every human being has a different level totally. of either side mm. but there is this idea that you know as a man you have to have <laughs> this like masculine energy to to be powerful in the room or something yeah and it's my hobby psychology <laughs> thing <laughs> she's then, also daughter of a psychologist exactly my dear aunt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look it shows um this is just what i, what I ponder when i'm alone yeah. <laughs> um no but then i feel like 
it takes a lot of energy to be that way. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like does. most people also need to have a moment with their feminine side. Yeah. And so like after that, you all decided to split up. Reason being it didn't work out or? I think it was, it was just, just, we broke up. And then we kept the band going for a while. But I think like we did, you know, we made an album and we put it up for free on the internet because mm. that's who we were. Yeah. <laughs> and I feel like after that, something just kind of felt like I think I wanted to move on to make because I was starting to produce a little bit. And I was feeling like, oh, what about this kind of direction? And everything was way more simple. Mm. And I think we just kind of started to sort of disagree on what the mm. sound should be. Mm. And so, and we'd been a band for a long time. So I think we broke it up. But then uh, Christian still helped me with, like, gave me pointers on my own productions. And, like, he was he was really helpful. Mm. Uh, but other than that, I was kind of on my own in terms of, like, trying to get someone who was in the industry yeah. interested in me. Yeah, you were a yeah. on your own in that sense. Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, you have your whole life to write your first album. And then you have, like a few months or maybe a year if you're lucky. So it was that kind of like, okay, well, what is my my thing? And I guess once I stopped trying to have it be something, that's when it kind of clicked a little bit. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. And I, I guess that's kind of what became a thing of mine mm. to be quite blunt yeah. in my lyrics. Obviously, that's changed a little bit over time, but there's definitely a sort of does it just have to be so much? You're always so this and so mm -hmm. that. And like, and usually it comes down to, you know, being too unedited mm. in how I say things or how I look or like stuff like that for the pop world. Mm. But I think pop has changed so much since I started. Really has. Yes, which is amazing. Like, I feel like there's just like, it's the broadest, stronger ever and you can kind of do whatever you want within yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. So that excites me. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. I remember during this period when, when it was hard and you were struggling, I remember that you said, and, and very strongly and decisively so, whatever happens, I'm going to get better at producing and I'm just mm -hmm. going to sit and write. And if all of this doesn't take off, I'm going to just produce mm -hmm. better and make music for others. Do you remember what, like, that period, how is that important for you? First of all, it gave me a minute of like just relaxing. I really liked being behind the scenes and mm. I liked sort of seeing someone else's voice come to life. There was one when I got a publishing deal and I was like, okay, 
now I'm signed as a writer. I don't have a record deal as an artist, but that's good because I don't, I don't even know who I am. When mm. some, you know, you would get that question so often, like, what do you like as an artist? And I'm like, I don't know, I'm me. Like, yeah. And I think I didn't believe that that was enough at the time, so no one else believed it either, mm. you know, mm. which is now I'm like, I'm me. Shut up. <laughs> so it's like not a, now I feel, I feel, I believe that. Thing and also like just studying people who are doing this craft. I personally think that that moment is a very strong one metaphorically because what, for me, what you did was you shifted this, you know, in a sense, unreachable dream mm. Mm. it's it wasn't unreachable you managed but it is very hard yeah and yeah. you shifted that focus from i want to be an artist i want to mm. be the star to i'm gonna get really good at what i do mm -hmm. and then you got really good at what you do and suddenly you were producing with max martin mm -hmm. producing songs mm -hmm. for icona pop who more were you working with cinemania um yeah cinemania, cinemania. and um yeah i mean that's kind of when it all started the reason why, you know, MXM and Max Martin took a chance on me as well was because they saw how resilient <laughs> I was being yeah. and just would not stop. And like someone would say no and I'll be like, okay, let me go and change it and make it better. And I would keep at it. And I got better. That's mm. the thing. Like yeah. there needs to be some failures and some resistance for you to develop. Like yeah. very few people just have it to begin with and just have this natural way of writing a perfect song or like doing something that connects with people. It takes some experience and it takes some hardship, maybe not necessarily hardship, but at least someone telling you no a few times. <laughs> yeah. And you also did that in a sense when you then said, okay, I'm going to start to write for me now. Mm -hmm. And you were not sitting around waiting for the prince or you know mm -hmm. aka the label the manager mm -hmm. whatever you were like i'm gonna write my own stuff i'm gonna release them and not literally but kind of you like blew to an internet sensation overnight oh yeah oh yeah when i yeah, yeah. I, I did put out habits but without a label first yeah yeah it was it was funny because i was doing all these songwriting trips and then i kind of made the song and i was like you know what this is for me i can't give this one away mm. and then i Put it out without a label. I made my own video and then put it out. And, you know, all of a sudden, all the labels were kind of like, why haven't you showed us this? This is amazing. Wait, you wait, you yeah, you are an artist. I get it now. And so the video and the song and me, I guess they just all of a sudden it clicked for people. And you felt it too, no? Yeah, no, I did. Yeah. I was like, this is me. This is this And that's is the it. first time you felt this is me. Mm -hmm. This is my yeah, voice. This is it. Honestly. And um, yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, after that, I you know, I got a deal. Uh, we made a new video, even more messy. And mm. um, then it just, it took off. From yeah. there, it was, it took off quickly. And then you sang with Universal Music. Mm -hmm. And since then, it's kind of been a, a ride. Mm, a ride. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And within all this, um, I mean, you also got up to this level that a lot of people, of course, identify as glorified, you know, being famous is like, and, you know, people admire you in a whole new way. Mm. Suddenly, you don't know why all the people are, are around you. Like, what, <laughs> do they like you or do they just want to be around the hype? Mm. And it must feel a bit lonely sometimes. I think at the start of it, you just, you know, because I think I, I would remember to like kind of have to fight for the attention in a room, mm. you know, and all of a sudden you don't. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> at first you're like, 
yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> come at me. But then it obviously gets to a point where you feel like you're talking to someone and you can sense that they have a, you know, there's an ulterior motive always. And I, I mean, for me, like, I think during that first time, you know, my first album did commercially, like, I had the best success with that album. Like, you know, um, my biggest radio songs on my first record. And since I then kind of went a bit more left field, it's been calmer in the sense that, like, peop the people that recognize me or want to speak to me are fan fans, you know, and people that really know the music and are, like, and they're all so sweet and lovely and, you know, just really, really That's so cool. amazing. So I feel like there's that there's less of that, like, person who's just like, oh, no, let me, you know, just, you know. Exactly. And I can kind of float through pretty easily without getting recognized most of the time. Sometimes there's that feeling that everybody wants something from you always. Yeah. So I understand why people at a bigger level of fame than me who needs you know security all the time or needs to have like mm -mm. you know cars like mm. I understand why you isolate because it's just frustrating feeling like and now we can film everything all the time yeah, you yeah, can yeah. never relax and just hang mm -mm. with new people mm -mm. it's like you have to vet them first yeah. <laughs> to know they're not out after anything yeah. and most people are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I feel I'm at a level where I can live my life and be just me mm. and then also have the amazing perks of being an artist yeah. you know yeah. so it's pretty ideal actually it is yeah and then it's a weird thing because you always want the songs to go as far as they can yeah. but um as well as me hoping that i also love the way that my life is and i really feel understood and, and like appreciated by my fans and i think about them a lot when i make music and i really make sure to just speak from my heart and say the thoughts that are even uncomfortable or confronting because I know that they feel that or like, you know, or appreciate just the honesty. Yeah. <laughs> Can you quickly take me through like the way you used to work creatively to the way it is today like have you professionalized that in a way and like what is the core for you to get deep it's weird I feel like there's not really a lot of professionalism to writing but there is to like producing and finishing a song like mm. the core of the song has to be based on what feels right and emotion but then the details that's when it becomes professional because you have to like okay, maybe if I have a, a sentence that is really like, this is what this is about, then don't make the sentences around that sentence full of information. Because mm. then it's too much to take in in three minutes. It might have been Max that told me that, uh, or Martin. There was so much message in that verse, and it's like, I don't even have time to process it, and then it's over, and then we're on to the next part. So like maybe pick the one sentence that like sums it up and then surround it with stuff that it's kind of easier to digest so that that one really stands out and it was something that I really appreciated because you you know no one wants to write like a boring pop lyric and just like generic yeah but the generic stuff is sometimes good to get you to the point that is really what you want people to take away from the song so sometimes but that also comes down to feeling if I'm like singing it and then I'm like I'm I'm saying too much right now. Let me just like strip it back to the core message and like here it is and then set that up with the rest of the sentences. 
I don't That's know if this is really confusing. But. Not at all, not at all. I, I've actually never heard it from you that way. But it's funny how, like, there's so much in one sentence and mm. that's what it's about. Yeah. It's like your one logline. Yeah, you know, you're telling a story or painting a picture. You can be detailed and you can set the scene. But if you go too far deep into one thing and then one thing and then one thing, you lose the emotion, you lose the the person who is, who's listening, who's, like, kind of creating their own memory with the song. Mm. It's funny um, yeah. because you're presumed to be quite of an egocentric person when you're an artist. But in <laughs> fact, I would really challenge that because, yes, you're listening to yourself. But when you're saying everything that you're saying, mm. I can hear you thinking about who's going to listen to it so mm-hmm. much. And you really want to try to help them get in tune with their feeling, whatever yeah. that is. It's almost like um, I'm writing from the heart and singing from the heart, but it's also a communication thing you know yeah. it's almost like um it's a really strange <laughs> thing because you want to create something that you love that feels honest and and real to you that also feels honest and real to other people yeah. that you know makes them love it i think art in general you have to kind of be sort of self-centered at times because you're making something that is a need for you like yeah. you need to do it or you you want to do it so badly that you do it yeah <laughs> you know but i think you can still be self-centered and be empathetic <laughs> oh 100 and also i personally think that the concept of uh, egocentrism mm. uh, or egocentricity or egoism mm-hmm. i think it's been wrongly painted i think To say that mm-hmm. we shouldn't focus on our own desires is bullshit. That's how we get unhappy. There is definitely something to like you need to love yourself before you can love anyone else. Yeah. Because if you if you hate yourself, you you rarely become a good person to other people. Yeah. And you know what? This is very, very important to the subject of femininity. Mm-hmm. Because we're very good at overlooking our own needs, mm-hmm. what we want, what we desire. Mm-hmm. You know, like let's put that word up there Mm -hmm. we just try to adapt to everyone else everyone else is happy and suddenly we've forgotten ourselves Mm -hmm. and that way you're also representing so strongly because you're like what do I desire today what do I want today what do I want let me have it (laughs) all let me have it all but then you always think about everyone else so it's like this perfect synchronicity Mm. you are kind of also known for being like I don't give a (laughs) gotta beat that but my question to you is is that really the case i think i care a lot about what my friends and family like it it always makes me feel bad when i feel like i'm not when i'm letting them down i'm not you know being enough you know but when it comes to sort of you know reviews or kind of what certain like if some you know someone writes something mean about me Mm. or like some mean comment First of all, I kind of try not to read most of it because yeah. even if you don't care about it, it does. If you read too many, it will simmer in. You know, if you hear yeah. the same mean thing or same doubt about yourself enough times, you're going to start to believe it. If I watch myself too much, I become too much self. Yeah. You just become too self-aware, yeah. I think. And you lose the spark in a way. Yeah, and you lose like the things that make you you. You start to shave off your personality. Mm. I know where my heart is and so... Unless I've hurt your feelings and you're just really trying to be mean or like, you know, disagree with what I'm doing. Fine. That's fine. (laughs) But it also feels like it's starting earlier than that. You choose to not care about people's opinion before you create. And that's probably why it makes it so strong. And and I guess why you get so deep. Yeah, I think so. That I don't worry about what people are going to say about the topic of a song, you know. 
all I can say is like, well, this is what's going through my mind. And, yeah. you know, these are moments in my life. Doesn't mean that I'm constantly feeling this way, constantly thinking this way. Yeah. But it's just a reality of where I'm at. And so, and that can, you know, be provoking to people because they think, you know, you need to take responsibility. You think about how young people react to this. And yeah. all I can say is like, well, in my experience growing up, I preferred music that just wasn't trying to tell me to do anything. Yeah. It was just, this is how totally. it is. I sing about my mistakes and my flaws and things mm. that I, you know, just that things that just are. And when you get asked questions about that in like 15 minute interviews where you're just kind of like, hey, oh yeah, you're singing the song that you cheated on someone. What happened? Oh. And you're like, oh, how do you know? What? what? Oh. And I'm like, oh yeah, I wrote about it. It's my fault. And <laughs> so you're just gonna, and then it's hard not to be, it's hard to then be like, I don't want to talk about that. Mm. But it so depends. Like if it's a journalist that I like or if it's someone that's, you know, kind and not just kind of fishing for some scandal or like fishing for a headline that you know will make me look bad or something then mm. I will share like I, I yeah. a lot of, I've had so many great interviews with people that are just really great at their job and cool human beings now that we've all lived in this crazy lockdown universe mm -hmm. suddenly you can't perform the thing you love the most in the world no. Like, be, how was that? Looking back now, I mean, I was keeping it together and trying to remind myself that I was, you know, luckier than most yeah. in my house with my with my love and my friends. But, yeah, I was very um, upset about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now, you know, I'll be going out on tour in 2022 yeah. and I will not have played a show in two years. That's the first time since high school that that's happened. Oof. So that's like a weird... Does that mean you thing. get more nervous now? No, I'm just like, I can't wait. But I probably will be. For the, I'll be like, well, yeah, what do I say between songs? <laughs> probably be stuff like that. Um, but I think I've done it for so long now that I can probably get into it pretty yeah. quickly. We'll have to rehearse a lot before <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited you're doing it again. What, what was the craziest moment for you, like... Like in terms of maybe scale or everyone suddenly yeah. knowing your song and you're realizing like everyone here knows my song. They're singing with me. I think, um, I mean, there there's a lot of those like what is going on moments. I think when I did Lollapalooza in South America, like uh, all three, I was in, it was Argentina, Chile and Brazil. Mm. And... It was like some of the biggest crowds, you know, and it was just like the energy was absolutely insane. Like in all three places, it was I was like, is someone even going to show up here? And it was like, it was incredible. And but then I think the first one, like that was actually when I Taylor Swift had me join her for her big tour in um, was that was 2015. And I joined her on stage in Atlanta and it was a stadium show for like 56,000 people. And... I was going to come out and we were going to do Talking Body together. Yeah. And before that, I had played my own shows. I played some festivals all around. But it was, you know, just on a way smaller scale, like maybe a thousand at club shows for my own wow. crowd. And then at festivals, it could be up to 10 to 20. But this was just like, it was a, such a different animal. And, you know, and I get on stage and she was rehearsing the song when I came out. And I was just like... Really, really, then I felt really, really nervous. Yeah. And, and like, but she was just so lovely and kind to me. And like, okay, so you're going to come up out of the floor. It's going to be six shirtless dudes around you. And then we're going to walk down this aisle and we're going to do this little choreography. And I'd never done choreography in my life. I was just 
and there's it's gonna be fire it's gonna be and I was just like tearing up because I was like there's a lot of stuff on my bucket list getting <laughs> ticked <laughs> off right now and then we did and then you know and I was like I wonder if anyone's gonna know and then she introduces me and people are just yelling and they're singing along to the chorus oh, like they wow. knew it and and it was on dad's 60th birthday as well yeah. so you know they were all there and it was just such a special big moment yeah huge <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I was then I was terrified oh my god and you went up once before Coldplay as well that was kind of like equally yeah, huge yeah yeah but then I played more of my own shows and done stuff like that but then yeah when we played the Stade de France two days it was actually packed when I came on you know as the opener yeah sometimes yeah. you know it's just half full or not yeah. even that and they were singing along and they were really excited and that was also like oh, that on. was like 80,000 people and yeah. I couldn't couldn't believe it it was just yeah and I just thought about like wow imagine what they've built over the years you know yeah so cool I, I saw those films and like <laughs> yeah. everyone was in it it's crazy it's crazy you like hey, it must be on another sphere to be up there and have everyone sing your creation from your that you mm-hmm. created from yeah. some little part in your body it's, yeah Yeah, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's surreal. It's very yeah. surreal. <laughs> yeah, and now people are coming to your shows. Yeah. Just your shows. You're not for ban anyone. I actually love opening tours though. When you when you open for an act that big, yeah. it's really fun because you're you play for like 30, 40 minutes maybe. Mm. And then, you know, you sound check maybe the first couple of dates, but then you kind of just chilling and exploring. There's not a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> so It becomes a bit more adventurous sometimes, yeah, you know, because you're not so focused on like, okay, when I'm not doing my own hour and 45 minute show, mm. you know, where it's like I have to give it everything, mm. giving everything for 40 minutes um, to people that are discovering you. For some reason, there's less of a, this has to go amazing. You kind of yeah. like, and, which, you know, there's less pressure around it. I don't know yeah. why. <laughs> and now you're bringing in four bands for you. Yeah, yeah. And doing the same Always. thing for mm-hmm. others, helping yeah. them be discovered. You have a company you're running. You have employees. Yeah, true. It's it's crazy that way. Yeah. Yeah. Always hustling. You're always like looking out. Same thing with mm. all of your activist work as well, no? I think it's just like important to show where you stand yeah. and like be honest about like your own privileges and flaws, but still you can still support a cause and take a stand against something you think is wrong. Yeah. Um For example, the you know abortion laws in in yeah. Texas and Alabama and, and like and I'm you know I'm not American and I'm not but I live there, I spend a lot of time there and you know I think it's important to go out and protest during Black Lives Matter that you know is still going on yeah. just because it does you don't doesn't show up on your feed every day it's mm-hmm. still going on mm-hmm. um, and um, same with you know reproductive rights and I don't know just kind of. Showing where you stand and then you can do a lot in your like everyday life in terms of like calling people out when they say the wrong thing totally. or like getting into the uncomfortable discussions with people, yeah. not trying to make issues that aren't about you about you. And yeah. I think that's what now artists and, and actors and famous people have so much power in terms of like their reach and and their opinions and yeah. and you know and sometimes i'm not up to date with all the facts or have the solutions to problems that mm. i write about or post about mm. so i i try to just kind of highlight other voices yeah. or 
be involved where I can without it becoming about me and, and you know showing off what I'm doing I don't know yeah do you know what I mean like it's just like it's it's a showing support to the spokesperson yeah I guess exactly yeah. um because I think it's like that's the thing with being an artist like you have to navigate because you everything's about you, you yeah know? my whole life is about no I get it <laughs> yeah no I get it I totally so get it when you're talking about other people's struggles you kind of have to um highlight the people highlight the organization or highlight their story not your feelings around their story yeah and you've Maybe. done that really yeah. strongly a lot of times during strong movements mm-hmm. of, for example black lives matter or during movements of like the lb lbtq plus <laughs> my god you've been very much referring to the organizations that you are supporting mm-hmm. and showing what you are doing to that or just like sending links to them yeah and and i think uh, i think there's other things I try to do outside of Instagram, you know, and, and yeah, kind of exactly. be involved in other ways uh, physically and also kind not of... Not just post about not it. Not just be... Yeah. And honestly, I don't know what the right way is. I just, I feel like you're doing your best, but you can always do better, yeah. you know? Yeah. And it's kind of remembering that and being active. And uh, But you don't have to broadcast it always maybe as an artist. Own. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't know. Well, maybe it's good because then you inspire people. I mean, I, don't know. I think you're mm-hmm. just throwing out a few tests out yeah. there and just do whatever you can to make the yeah. world a little bit of a better yeah. place. And like ask the organizations, like, what would you need? What would help you? Yeah. Well, how can I help you? Yeah. yeah. What can I do to, to yeah. make this um, better? But um, but yeah, obviously you are also mm-hmm. helping with the strong platform you've built up for yourself. And that is mm. extremely helpful and inspiring. So, you know, all always, always are good ways, mm. probably. So let's dive back into you a little bit. Things like future dreams, like work life, family, kids, <laughs> whatever. Do you think about these things or do um, you just let them come? I kind of just let them come, I guess. I ju- you know, I, I'm quite impulsive, obviously, hence why we eloped <laughs> to Vegas <laughs> and got married. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like, you know, seeing people that I love and care about have kids all around me. Um, sometimes it makes me really excited to have kids Mm. sometimes I'm like there's so many amazing kids around me I don't need my own um so yeah I'm kind of like it might happen it might not you know I don't have a urge for a baby but I do feel like because of how much I love my family yeah obviously that is something that would be amazing yeah so I feel like eventually probably but it's also you know as a woman you know, I'm almost 34 mm. and that becomes a question like, but aren't you worried about what if you can't have them? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, mm-hmm. first of all, like, oh, is that your business? Yeah, let's talk about <laughs> that. Exactly. Uh, but I also think that women are having kids older and older and it's fine. And I think that I'm also, I would be super down to adopt if mm. things didn't work, you yeah. know, that doesn't matter to me. Mm. So... Yeah, if I think if I if me and Charlie want to have a baby, there'll there'll be a baby. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a, I mean, not that you haven't been personal with any of your answers so far, but mm. this question is personal mm. and very strongly to a, a big point of this project that I'm running is: Are you afraid that it will transform you and transform everything you ever dreamed of and your capacity to do it if you were to have kids? Um, I mean, probably in some way, like, I mean, everyone that I speak to says that you're yourself, you like, but you're, you also like you do being 
becoming a mother or becoming a parent yeah. like changes you. Mm. But I, to me, that would be maybe like, maybe it's a welcome change or an exciting change. You know, like what's exciting too is like the sort of feeling used to be like you'd have a, if you as an artist or an uh, actor, especially if you're, you know, the mother, if you have a kid, you would disappear, you mm. know, and then come back and be like, it's like I never had a baby. And then mm -hmm. it's like, it was seen as like, um, and being a working mother, it was kind of like, why aren't you at home taking care of your child? You know, kind of yeah. stuff like that. And I think that that's changed a lot. Like, you know, there's a lot of pop girls. I mean, Icona Pop, for example, mm -hmm. and Halsey, <laughs> Ellie Golding. There's a, a lot of these like big pop girls that are having babies, you know, yeah. and they're like, here's my baby. Look I'm going to go me. do a show now. Exactly. <laughs> so I don't, that inspires me to be like, yeah, yeah I can keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. Um, and I never thought that I couldn't, you know, the older generations probably are like, well, now it's time. Now it's time to stop doing that. You know, now you need to be a mother. And I, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think they have to be separate. I, I, I really think that this is the mm. time where we are putting up against all of this. Now this is how you have to be when you have a kid. Mm. I think what we all need to focus is on, I want to have a kid. I'm going to have a kid. And she's, mm. and she, he's going to come with me. I mean, your kid would be hanging with you on the shows and having yeah. the time of their lives. <laughs> what kid wouldn't want that? For you them? just run off and do a little breast pumping or breastfeeding and then yeah. you run back out for the encore. I mean, <laughs> no, the amount of stories I've seen around me with people like pumping in like crazy bathrooms trying to yeah. look at pictures of their kids. It's like, one of my on. favorite things is when you have like a new mom at a party and then she's like, oh shit, I gotta go pump. And then you just kind of all sit in a circle around her and she's pumping and you're just like talking shit. And it's just like, it's so it's so just like, who cares? You know, and I love that. It's just like, um, more power to you. I remember that <laughs> happened to me at a party. And when I came back down, they were like, uh, want some white Russian? I was like, ew. <laughs> That's disgusting. Well, I'm definitely trying it. For yeah. sure. <laughs> <laughs> that was a thing in LA, by the way. Human milk. Oh and yeah, I saw it in a Goop like lab a thing, yeah? Um, yeah. It was like a. It's good for you to drink like breast milk, and so like all these moms that were kind of like you know lactating a lot, or just like mm. you know didn't need to breastfeed anymore, but still lactating, or I, I'm not sure exactly how it all works. But they were like pumping and then freezing their milk and then sending it to like athletes yep. and stuff. Yep. <laughs> like, side business. This is no. where I'm not going to comment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I have no idea if it actually yeah. has any benefits. No, but, neither do I. Uh, <laughs> what what is your hopes for modern femininity and the progress of it? I think in general, just less pressure on yourself to be so perfect in all aspects. I think what I've noticed is like my friends who are recently become mothers, and I can't speak for fathers here because I'm like this is mainly what I've seen from mothers mm. that they are extremely hard on themselves and on each other yeah and that there's like being called a bad mother is almost like the worst thing but you are constantly observing each other in in like scanning each other's accomplishments like mm. that and I think there needs to be more sort of acceptance and love for flaws within that yeah <laughs> um and then I just you know I, I would love to see this continue this support that I feel from women in my industry mm. and the support I feel from female friends that it's like, you know, let's sort of come up together. Yeah. But also <laughs> and, probably you see mm, that within men who understand what's going on and help that yeah. as well. So it's I mean like, it's that's the thing. It's not a it's not yeah. a man woman issue. And you know, I would like to take, you know, gender roles out of it. Like exactly. it's a it's a human 
thing. And I think femininity is sort of sides that are compassion and like attention to detail and nuances mm. and uh, empathy. And that is something that would we could all benefit from. And I would like to see in sort of the in industries where the the masculine entity is sort of the the leader a lot of the time to see more femininity in that I think would do a lot for people's well-being. Right. Totally. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I really agree. What are you trying to do every day to be the woman you want to be? Is there anything that you check in with yourself? Trying to always put myself in another person's shoes. If I have a disagreement or disagree with someone's opinion or view on on things, to always, no matter what, try to see the perspective because it just creates so much more understanding and acceptance for people mm. um, and kind of keeping an open mind to all human beings. Yeah. As you know, the title here being Modern Madonna yeah. was based on the idea that the painter Duccio, who made Madonna billions of years ago mm-hmm. I'm kidding well a long time ago <laughs> with this Madonna with her child yeah. and she's satisfied and happy mm-hmm. and nothing else is needed in life I'm using that idea as a fact of if he was to paint a Madonna the ideal woman today I was just thinking and I was kind of laughing at it if you and the painter Duccio was in a room today if he was inspired by you how would that Madonna look Maybe it's just a big golden vagina. Subscribe to the Modern Madonnas podcast and follow us on Instagram for more stories about modern womanhood. Thank you for listening. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.